0: We're busy with Tom Luganbill with ESPN on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. We harp so much on when things don't work out. Tom, I think it's so cool what's happened to Bo Nix at Oregon and Spencer Rattler yeah. in South Carolina.
1: It's amazing. Um, it, it really is. I mean, after watching Bo Nix for three years at Auburn and to know what his physical attributes are, which are obviously painfully obvious when you watch him. But to see him go from such an up and down, streaky, inconsistent player that couldn't play within the confines of the offense, was constantly putting the ball in harm's way, and you'd get so frustrated because you'd see this guy oozing with talent. To see him mature and develop and become an entirely different player, and and, and you talk about working yourself into uh, uh, an NFL opportunity uh, that wouldn't even have been discussed two years ago. So. Yeah. Uh, really, really impressed with him. And, you know, Spencer Rattler's had to do a lot with less um, when he made the move to South Carolina relative to the competition of the teams they're playing each and every week. You know, you go from Oklahoma, who had essentially been the premier team in that league, and you had to think personnel advantages, and now you don't. And I think that's actually going to bode well in the evaluation process for him.
0: Well, it's, it's really cool. They're fun to watch. Uh, I can't you're right the Bo Nix thing he played too early I was surprised Gus could in and, and Bo couldn't get it going I thought it was a little bit more on Malzahn maybe and and I don't know Auburn's personnel and what they were trying to do with him but maybe I'm wrong and it's really cool Spencer Rattler Bo Nix playing big time football for Oregon and South Carolina Bo's in a better spot like Lugan Bill was talking about, as far as supporting cast and a conference that's not as good. Although the Pac-12 in their last year is got more muscle than they've had in in a long time. Mm-hmm. Don't you? Don't you think so, Tom? The Pac-12 with uh Knicks, Caleb Williams. I mean, even Oregon State, and Washington State are feisty, and you know Colorado can play, and Utah is tough as hell. Even though they can't score. I mean, th- this league has has got a little more juice than it's had.
1: Top to bottom the most competitively balanced league in the country. It's by far and away has the best quarterback play in the country. I don't even think that's debatable. I don't even think it's close. I when they get Cam Rising back at Utah, that will shift the offense uh, upward. Um, they're so good on defense that they've been able to work their way into an undefeated season at this point. But the quarterback at Washington State has been playing just out of his mind. Penix out of his mind. Bonix out of his mind. Even the freshman at UCLA, Dante Moore, has thrown eight touchdowns with just two interceptions.
0: I have to tell you about this game-changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it. After a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to. And I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day. And that is until I found Z-Biotics.
1: Um, there there are some things happening with that conference and it's a shame it's all come crumbling down.
0: I agree. Tom Lugan Bill on the out of bounds show. Let's go back to the SEC. Georgia looks vulnerable, but I'm not sure anybody can take advantage in the West, in Atlanta, Tom. I know it's early, but we kinda know what these teams are after about five games. You kinda are who you are. Uh, every now and then we'll have an outlier in a conference that continues to get better, maybe with a new coach or whatever, quarterback comes back. But Georgia, with no mobility at quarterback, may, the joke's on us, Stetson Bennett could pull it down and hurt your feelings. Yeah, They're vulnerable, but I don't know if anybody can take advantage, Tom.
1: Yeah, I think the problem is is their top to bottom. They might be vulnerable, but their top to bottom roster is so superior um, to the teams that they're going to be playing that I still think to some degree they're going to have to go out and really screw it up, and then somebody else is going to have to play really, really well. Is that Kentucky? I don't know. Um, I, I look at I, I look at the the, the conference slate for them, and they're just better than the other teams. They may not have to play at their best or put together the four best quarters to win every week. that's just the reality of the situation as it relates to them. But with that being said, I came away saying this on my radio show on Sunday, that Texas team that I saw on Saturday night, and I know nobody else watched it because of Notre Dame and then, uh, and Ohio state. But uh, if somebody said, Hey, I think I'm going to put Texas at number one or number two, what's your argument? And I don't know if I have one.
0: Wow. They don't
1: have really any glaring weaknesses. They don't have any, like, holes where you say, okay, we can really take advantage of that, and it, it could win us the game if we do. That's not what this Texas team looks like, and I never I never thought going into that game I would say that coming out of the game.
0: Wow. Okay. Tom Luganville, ESPN on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. We're live from the brand-new Napa Auto Parts Store, I-55 North in Jackson. Uh, I want to go to Notre Dame, Ohio State. I've got a couple minutes here. How in the world in this day and age with the staff, the analysts, the GAs, and the (laughs) 57 assistant coaches and blah, blah, blah that you have, how do you have 10 men on the field the last two plays of the game as the Notre Dame defense with a timeout in between, Luke?
1: It's mind-boggling, dude. uh, We dissected this like crazy, and I looked at it from the same point of view you do. You have – an unlimited amount of analysts, GAs, coaches, support staff, administrative people, both in the booth and on the field, and to not have the personnel package ready in that moment, is, is it's inexcusable. And Marcus Freeman knows that. Um, it, it's absolutely inexcusable. And you know what? That was a really physical, tough, hard-fought game by two teams that are super evenly matched, super evenly matched. That had not played anybody coming into the game. And that's why it was a low scoring, tough, bloody your nose type of game um, because it wasn't as if one team was just vastly superior than the other. So you're going to have to fight scrap for everything that you got. And I'll say this um, that fourth quarter by Kyle McCord, that guy made some freaking plays, man. He did. That, that throw he made on third and 19 and his ability, I thought he looked confident, he was decisive didn't see that necessarily on a consistent basis in the first 3 weeks but that guy now owns that offense. I mean that that could be a program and player defining win for that kid going forward.
0: Okay, I got 1 minute. Do you expect LSU and Ole Miss in Oxford Vault Hemingway to be a scoring fest on Saturday night the way that the two teams are are built, Tom?
1: Yes. But only a full miss can find a way to run the ball. Yeah.
0: Okay. 65-and-a-half over under. Um, <laughs> I think LSU sleptwalked a little bit uh, against Arkansas. And give Arkansas credit. K.J.'s tough as hell, man. He doesn't have anything around. You know, he's he's trying to do it all by himself. I don't know if he's going to – I hope he does survive the season. But that dude's yeah. such a competitor. Tom Luganbill, uh have fun with Clemson and Syracuse. And we appreciate you, buddy.
1: All right, buddy. Thanks, bud.